Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team the Rays radio network proudly presents this week in Rays baseball the 3-1 swing and a drive left field and deep turning around Dominic Smith and there is a career high 17th homer for CJ Crone it's a three-run first inning shot and the Rays take a three nothing lead coming up we'll recap the action from this past week take a look around major league baseball and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game Right-hander pitches. Here's a towering drive. Way up into the air to right field. All the way back to the wall goes Judge. Gone! A three-run homer for Jake Bowers. And the Rays have jumped in front for to one. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good morning. Welcome to our latest show. Today from the beautiful Guy Harvey Outpost of Tradewinds Island Resorts on St. Pete Beach, where we have a watch party later today. On today's show, you're going to hear from Willie Adamas on what he's learning in his rookie season at the major league level. Doug Wechter will join us from Fox Sports Sun. We'll learn what makes Wander Franco so special from his manager in Princeton, Danny Schaefer. And we'll hear from some more members of last week's 2008 reunion. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball, and our feature guest on the show this week is rookie Willie Adamas. Willie, what have the first couple of months at the big league level been like? What, how would you describe them? Uh, it's like, like a learning process. For me, it's been like a learning process because it's been a rough rough time for me. But like I think as a team, we've been playing pretty good, you know, battling with the other good teams. But I think, you know, we've been doing better than people thought that we were going to do it. So it's been it's been pretty good. What have you learned? You know, the, you got to get that consistency in, in this level. Because if you don't get that consistency, you know, you're not going to be successful. So I'm just trying to get that con- uh, consistency and, you know, trying to be the same guy every day. Who's been the most helpful uh, on the staff and among the players to help you reach that goal? You know, a couple guys, like defense uh it's been charlie montoya you know he's been working with me every day we've been coming out and and doing early work and stuff and extra works and you know he's been helping me a lot and and as a player hechi hechi he he used to talk to me every day and trying to give me some advice that he that he used to do when he was doing bad at, at defense and and he he was trying to teach me all that good stuff that he that he learned as a young, when he was young, and you know, hitting wise, Ozzy and 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 Chad, they always, they, we always on the cage working and and trying to get me better. 
How helpful has Carlos been too? Because he's from a neighboring area or very close to your home. He's been pretty uh, helpful for me. He, he's he's always telling me, you know, advices, trying to tell me how to do things, you know, how to how to work harder and trying to just how to do the good things, not trying to be, you know, trying trying to trying to be a bad teammate or a bad person, a bad. A baseball player, he's always trying to get me in the right path, you know, in the right way. And he's always, you know, on me. Every time I, I do something like Little Will, he's on me. He say, hey, you don't do that like that. You know, you, you know that you got to do it in the right way and stuff, kind of like stuff like that. So it's like having a big brother, kind of? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Do you have a big family? What's your family like back home? I know they've come to see you uh, during this homestand. Yeah, they, they just, I just got a, a little sister and my mom and my dad. And a bunch of cousins, <laughs> but like my family is really is, is, uh, small. Were you always someone who wanted to play baseball as a kid, and who got you to play baseball? Who do you remember first giving you a ball or a bat or putting it in your hand? My my dad, my dad. I always he always, uh, he grabbed me to the field with him, and he always trying to trying to trying to. He was he used to trying to teach me how to play baseball since I was a kid, like four years old. And I remember him taking me to all his uh, softball game or baseball games. And he always trying to be hard on me, you know, trying to be, trying to get me one of the best guys always. But he was the one who who, who put me in this way to, to be a baseball player. And as a kid, I always, I always wanted to be a baseball player. You usually have a smile on your face too all the time. Who's, who in your family is like that? I think my sister is like that. And... And I got my, my grandmother is like that. She's always happy, you know. So I think she's the happiest person in, in the family. And I think I think that's why everybody loves her. And your home? Um, the the hometown, you're outside of Santiago, right? It's a small town. Is Hanico? Is that a Hanico? That's it's a small town, you know. Everybody everybody over there is like like family. You go you go there, you know you're gonna be good, you're gonna be safe because people take care of you always. What is uh, the pride level like? Because there probably are not many guys from Hanukkah who have gotten to the big leagues. There are a lot of Dominican players, but not from Hanukkah, right? From Hanukkah, I'm the only baseball player ever. The, pro- pro- the professional baseball player, I'm the only one ever. So, you know, it's, it's for me, it feels good because I know they always they always come my back. They're always watching me, watching the games. They're always supporting me. And for me that makes me more that gets gets me more motivation to 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 get better and be a better baseball player so your dad was your example but who were your others when you were growing up that you wanted to be like Derek Jeter I always wanted to be like Derek Jeter he was my my role model so I trying to be like him I trying to I trying to you know be uh, as good as he was you know because, you know, everybody everybody loves him. Everybody, like, you, I never heard something bad about him. So I want to be a guy like that, that everybody remember me when I retire as a good baseball player, as a good person, as a good teammate. So when the Rays played the Marlins, that's when you came back up. Did you get to see him at all? And I saw him from far. I wanted to go. It was during the game, though. I wanted to go and meet him so bad. But, you know, it was during the game, so I couldn't do that. I... I I wanted to get that that opportunity to meet him one day. Someday. Maybe Someday. next time you, you see them. You, I know you also, in, in this offseason, you worked off with uh, Francisco Lindor. Um, have you stayed in touch with him? And are there things that you ask him? Because obviously he's become one of the special shortstops in the game. Yeah, it's, right now he's my favorite player. 
because he's you know he's, he played the same position as me and and I had the opportunity to work out with him like you say, and he's he's special as a person, the same he is as a player. He's so cool. He he helped me a lot this off season. You know we were working out together. He was trying to tell me everything he was doing when he was in the minor leagues to get to the big leagues and be the the the, play, the baseball player he is uh, right now. And alone uh, alongside with with Barry Larkin. They, and Andy Gordon, they helped me a lot this offseason. So for me, you know, I, I look up to him right now. I want to be like him, like he is right now. And I just I just trying to, trying to work hard and be like him. Do you expect you're going to work with him again this offseason? Of course. You know, I'm coming earlier this year because I know I need to get better and I, I, and I, I need to be uh, around those guys like that, like him. When you say better, where do you, you mentioned consistency, but where do you think you can grow the most? Where do you want to get better the most? You know, as a, I say like get that, that. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but like, just to 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 make the routine plays every day. You know, make that routine play that when I get the the the, the ball, there's no doubt that it's gonna be an out. You know, so I wanna I wanna get that this off season. So next year, every time I get a ground ball, people. Cash never doubt that it's going to be that and out. And obviously that means a lot to your teammates too. How helpful, you know, has Jake Bowers been through all this? Because you guys are learning at the same time and you have been close friends throughout the minor leagues. He's 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 a special kid, man. I love him. Uh, he's 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 always trying to, you know, push me, trying to get me pass me that energy that he has to and he the, his character. He's like Always focus. He's he's like somebody that he came to the field every day. He's he he's you know he got that attitude that he's gonna beat the guy. He's in the mind. He's gonna beat that team. We're gonna beat that team. So he always got that that attitude, and he's trying to pass that to me. And he was he's being pretty uh, pretty helpful to me. What has your best moment been on the field so far in the big leagues, and why? Uh, I guess the day that JB hit a, the the walk off homer. That that that's been the the, spe- the most special moment for me because, you know, I think we never had that in the minor leagues. So for me to see it now in the big leagues is something that that I felt I felt that day that he he hits that homer I felt like it was me. So I enjoyed it, and I I had so much fun that day. It was so amazing. Pretty cool. You know, I look at you're you're active on social media. Uh, hope people are following you on Instagram and Twitter. You have a hashtag that you use a lot, um, no book bag, which I think in Spanish is no bulto. Is that so? Explain what that means to our fans because they may not quite un- understand that. It's I think it's funny. It's just like in the Dominican we use that word that you say no bulto. It's like you know when people are trying to show off, you know when people are like cocky and stuff. That 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 hashtag is like the opposite. You know, like I don't like those people that they. They want to show the people that they got money or they got all that kind of stuff. And for me, the hashtag is the opposite, and I use it because I think it's fun too, you know, for in, in, in English. Mm-hmm. And it basically means you're humble. You yeah. you do things the right way. Yeah, kind of, you know, because I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that because, you know, as there's a lot of people in the world that they, they don't have money, they don't have food, and I don't like when people have have money and they're trying to show off. Like, we know we get it, you, you're rich, but... You know, instead of be showing off, I, I'd rather, you know, trying to help somebody that needs some help. 
I know you also have already been active a little bit in Tampa Bay. You read to kids at an area which is predominantly Spanish. How important was that for you to read to them and, and tell them your story? It was such a good moment, you know, such a good moment. I enjoyed that. I always, I'm always down to do that because, you know, I wish when I was a kid, you know, somebody from the major league or, you know, a big baseball player would have come to, to, to my to my school and read with us or do something for with us. So for me, that's that's so that's important. And, and I think that that day I realized that that I love kids so much that I, I'm always going to be down to do that. And you are such a good example for them because of how quickly you learned English in this country. I mean, you became pretty fluent pretty fast, more than most. Because <laughs> I like to learn, you know. If I'm going to be here for, for a long time, i got to be able to communicate with the people and with the, my teammates and, you know, with people in general. Who was the person who helped you the most with your English? Because, again, you picked it up really fast. Uh, I think uh, uh, Andrew Velasquez and Kian Wong. They are the guys that helped me the most. In 2015, I was living with them, so they, they were kind of like my, my teachers. Well, you've had good teachers, and I hope that, and you've had guys who are teaching you on the field. Five years from now, if I sat down with you to talk about your career, how, where do you hope it is? How, what do you hope has happened in your career in five years? I hope, you know, I hope we, we won a World Series in, in those five years, and, and I hope, you know, I, I can help my team to, you know, to, to make some history, you know, some, something cool. And I just, I just want to be, I, I just want to have a good career, you know, trying to, trying, trying to be the best guy on the field and off the field that I can be. And, and of course, I want to be the championship and an MVP. Well, you're off to a good start in terms of carrying yourself the right way. Continued success. Thanks for joining us on this week in race baseball. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is Willie Adamas, and we'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Well, we continue on this week in Rays Baseball. It's time to take a look at the week gone by, and who better to do it with than Doug Wechter, who, of course, is uh, analyzing on Fox Sports Sun this weekend. Dougie, thanks very much for coming on. Oh, anytime, Neil. Love being on, buddy. Well, this team has really been scrappy and really has found a way to survive. Here they are with a chance to sweep the series on the road against the Blue Jays after taking three in a row. Every time you, you think they're going to fall into a major rut, they seem to bounce back. Every time you think they figure it out, they seem to take a step back. Yeah, you know, and I attest that to a lot of it being just a lot of youth on this team. You know, you got 13 out of 25 guys on the team are considered rookies. And, uh, you know, they're so energetic. Uh, they're so good. They don't realize they're not supposed to be doing well at the major league mm -hmm. level. And, you know, you're seeing it in the Toronto series. I mean, they're playing outstanding. You're seeing Joey Wendell go out there and do things defensively and offensively that, uh, you know, it's just extremely impressive. Uh, Jake Bowers has been doing it. You know, Willie Adonis at times. Uh, so all these youngsters are really doing a good job. And, yes, I mean, it can be frustrating when we, uh, when we lose some to teams that we think we should at least you know, take two or three from. I, I can remember the Chicago series can be a little frustrating, but but seeing how they're playing now and how they're bouncing back, it, it's just uh, it, it's been very impressive, and it makes you really want to get behind this team, not only for the second half of this year, but also years to come. Yeah, the core is obviously very strong that they're building going forward, and uh, they're going to get some some guys healthy real soon too, which will be added to that, like Jazz Rowe and Tommy Pham. But let's talk about what's gone on this week um, and Friday night. Blake Snell, you talk about core guys. 
Um, he's now the veteran of the starting pitching staff, so to speak, and what a performance he had on Friday, just his second coming off the DL. Well, we've all known how good he was the first half of the season and how impressive he was uh, through that first half in the All-Star break. But I'm telling you what, him coming out here and the way he pitched his last outing, remember, it's just his second outing from coming off the DL. It was the most impressive outing I've seen from him all season long. 47 pitches in just five innings, no hits, no runs. Uh, just looked outstanding with his command, his off-speed pitches. Everything was on point. And if that is what we're going to see out of him in the second half, I mean, it is just going to be remarkable to watch what he does. And speaking of impressive, the kid that goes today with a chance to sweep, Tyler Glass now, how much have you liked what he's done and what a great twosome could it be with Blake and Tyler at the top of a rotation? Well, I keep telling myself every time he goes out there, don't get too excited, you know, because he's so young. You know he's going to go through some struggles at some point. But up until this point, I mean, he has been just so dynamic and electric. Six foot eight coming at you, he's throwing a lot of strikes. That's the big thing that we're all looking at is can he stay in the strike zone? If he can stay in the strike zone, his stuff is power, power stuff, top end of the rotation type of thing. Uh, you can put him right behind, pencil him behind the Blake Snell moving forward in this rotation, and you got a pretty nasty one two combo there. So uh, looking forward to him pitching against these Jays, and I'm assuming he's going to do pretty well against them. And generally speaking, you know, I, I don't like to get too far ahead. I mean, here we are still with 40-some-odd meaningful games remaining in the season. But, boy, you think of what could have been or what can be when Anthony Bonda and Brent Honeywell come back off surgery if they're as good as advertised and that foursome of a rotation as the Rays try and build this core going forward. I mean, it really can be something special. Well, you're not kidding. I mean, you're, you're thinking when we talk about the youth, a lot of times you're talking about Bowers. Uh, Adamus and some of the other guys in the infield, but then you look at the rotation, and the rotation is setting up just to be one of the top rotations in the league. When you got a guy like Blake Snow, you got a guy like Flash now, and then you're thinking about Honeywell. You didn't even mention DeLeon. I mean, he was on the DL. He has a chance of being in that rotation. Bonda, uh, some of these other guys that, yes, we did get hit with the injury bug early this year, but when they do come back, if everything's healthy, I mean, you got a chance to see one of the best rotations in the game. So really exciting stuff coming, uh, you know, and I just can't wait to see what happens and unfolds over the course of the next, you know, year to two years. And in the meantime, the Rays are adjusting on the fly, and I think maybe that's what's most impressive is how the young kids have bought into doing things differently. Yesterday, piecing it together again with a bullpen day uh, because they felt that was their best chance to win on that given day. Right. It's You know, to me, it's really a testament to what Kevin Cash has done and the way that he has handled that clubhouse. Uh, there's so many times this year that that clubhouse could have gone sideways. You know, having so many young kids there uh, going through it for the first time, a lot of people could possibly be struggling at certain times, but he's never really let them get down on themselves. He's had this series where everybody buys into what they're doing, and uh, fundamentally they believe in what they're doing. So Kevin Cash is doing just a great job, fantastic job, of managing that clubhouse, but also managing the game on the field. You know, using the matchups when he wants to go to them early. Uh, he's had to make more decisions than any other manager this year, and a lot of them are panning out. So I really like where he's at. I think he's really earned his salary this year, and he's one of the best managers in the league right now. And that also speaks to the job that his coaching staff has done, and I think the veterans that are remaining. I mean, Matt Duffy, Carlos Gomez, and probably at the back end of the bullpen maybe most important because, you know, he's had to keep this young pen together is Sergio Romo. Yeah, Romo getting his 15th save, and 
this uh, Toronto series, and he's done such a good job coming in and filling in for Colomay. After Colomay got traded, you know, we were kind of guessing who's going to get the ball in the ninth inning. We assumed it was Rowan just based off of his history and knowing that he has been able to end some games uh, in the past. But, you know, stuff-wise, you always question a guy who can't bring it 95, 98 miles an hour to close the game. And I'll tell you what, for the lack of fastball that he has, he makes up for it in heart and confidence. And this guy is just one of those people that you can count on every time you give him the ball. And uh, he's just been a leader down in that bullpen. He's been fun to watch. How much does that help with the other guys, the guys who do throw 95, 98 miles an hour, like Alvarado, like Castillo, like Jamie Schultz, to allow them to learn and, and learn how to, hey, you've got power stuff, but you can add, subtract, locate, and still be just as good when you don't have your best stuff? Oh, I mean, that's, that's exactly the kind of guy you need in that bullpen to show the young guys that, hey, overthrowing the baseball when you're behind an account right down the middle is not the way you want to go about it in the big leagues. Uh, you can do it other ways. You can get out creatively, and even when you don't have your best stuff, it is not that hard as long as you're executing. So having Romo in the pen, I mean, look, it, 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 in between the lines, it's great, but also down in the bullpen for guys to bounce ideas off of them and just to see how they, you know, Romo goes about his business every single day. That's huge for young guys, and every single young guy needs that type of a mentor in the bullpen show. No doubt. But sometimes, you know, maybe not a mentor, but having a veteran can get in your way. I, I kind of think that since the Rays DFA to Danny Echeverria, no knock, but I think Willie Adamas has played a lot better offensively and defensively. Well, it's given him a chance to really free up his mind and know that he's not in competition right now with anybody else. Doesn't have to go out there and try to impress, try to fight for playing time. Instead, he's penciled in every day just like he's been throughout the minor league system. And he's able to go out there and he's able to relax and just know that he's going to be penciled in the lineup. He's going to be able to swing it when he wants to. And now you see that freedom coming out of him. And he's playing with a little bit more confidence and just a sense of ease about him. And that's how you want your shortstop to play. I mean, he's been playing defensively a lot better since the second time he's come up. And you see what he's been doing offensively. So, a lot of fun to watch. And probably an underrated guy among the group. And, and you mentioned him briefly, but Joey Wendell. I mean, Daniel Robertson, let's forget, he had the thumb surgery. Joey's now f going to play pretty much almost every day at second base. He can play third and short if they need him to also. But he's been invaluable, and you forget sometimes he's a rookie. Right. You do forget he's a rookie, and you, you kind of skip over him a lot of times. But he's played, I think, four or five different defensive positions. He's hitting almost 400 in his last 12 games. So just what he's done overall recently, but overall in the course of the season, how important he's been to the lineup and defensively to us. I think he's one of those guys that Kevin Cash absolutely loves. Um, his mentality he comes to play the game every single day. He plays it right, plays it very hard. It's not real flashy, but he's a lot of fun to watch. Doug, great stuff. Uh, we'll be uh, seeing you today on the TV, and we appreciate some time on This Week in Rays Baseball. All right, Neil. Thanks, buddy. And that is Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun. Right now we pause for station identification on the Rays Baseball Network. This is 620 WDAE St. Petersburg. It is gone! WPTP HD3 Clearwater and 95.3 FM. Home of the Rays. We continue on this week in Rays Baseball and time to take a look at things on the minor league side. And joining us right now from the Princeton Rays is their manager, Danny Schaefer. Danny, thanks very much for a few minutes. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, everyone asks me uh, because they keep seeing the numbers. And we got to start, I guess, with 17-year-old Wander Franco. What has made this kid special? Um, are you at all surprised at what he's accomplished at this point? Anybody looking at the numbers is going to be surprised that a 17-year-old will perform this well. But when you are around the kid, uh, as long as we are in 
see what he's capable of doing in spring training. And extend his spring. It really doesn't surprise us because he's really, really a good baseball player. What makes him special? Because we don't have the benefit of seeing him as you have on a day-in, day-out basis. Well, I think he knows how to play the game the right way. I think his instincts are off the charts, and you know, obviously, you know, he comes from good bloodlines, and and uh, his physical stature is is good. I mean, it's not impressive. You know, he's not a giant kid, but he does everything well from both sides of the plate. He also can play really, really good defense. What type of hitter is he um, right now? And, and what type of hitter do you think he'll become? Because obviously at 17, even though he's um, an impressive kid for his age, he still has room to grow. Yeah, he does. And and uh, I think the, the jury's still out on what side of the plate he's, he's uh, really strong at because both of them stand out right now. His power numbers are better from the left side. Uh, he puts together really good at-bats from the right side. And... He likes to play the game. He's got enthusiasm that is is really encouraging to see. You know, the thing that stands out to me, at least again by the numbers, is that he's walked more than he's struck out. And usually a 17-year-old kid who's in his first year of affiliated ball isn't going to have good strike, ro- strike zone recognition. How good is his recognition in the zone? That's uh, pretty good. The numbers show it. You know, he doesn't swing and miss a whole lot. Sometimes that's not a great thing because you make contact on balls that you wish you would swing and miss on and uh, not hit them very well. But even as late uh, as the last three or four weeks, his outs, has, his outs have even been hard. Uh, at this level, you know, it's, it's good that we don't play these teams a whole lot and uh, they get to know the hitters because I don't think he would see a lot of pitches to hit. <laughs> and I'm sure the word gets out the, the longer he's in that league. I mean, where his defensive game you said is good where can he grow the most there i know some say aren't sure whether he'll be a truly a shortstop coming through what's your take well you know i think that's a cliche that gets thrown around a lot but if you make all the plays at the position you're playing at and your throws are strong i see no reason why he can't stay at shortstop i I played i've played with guys at the major league level that doesn't that don't have his ability at shortstop and and and, uh he's He's special. He's, he's, uh, you know, he could turn out to be one of the best players that the Rays have ever signed. That's, uh, and that's pretty incredible stuff. Does he compare to any kid that you've had over the years? I mean, I know you've played at the big leagues for a decade. You've managed for a long time at the minor league level. What, what's your take on, on his, his ceiling and maybe someone he's like? Well, I'm not quite sure there is a comparison because he's a switch hitter and he's a shortstop. And he's got power from both sides of the plate. But as far as an impact player, you know, he's, he's got the capability of being one here in the minor leagues and also at the big league level. And, you know, I remember, you know, managing Yadier Molina for several years and being a coordinator and having the luxury of him being one of my catchers. And, and he, can, he can impact the game as, as much as Wander can at this level, and I think that Wander can do the same at the major league level. Again, chatting with Danny Schaefer, manager of the Princeton Rays, and certainly that's high praise. And you guys have had a very good season to this point. I know one kid who is a recent draft pick, Jordan Kazar, was recently promoted. What impressed you about Jordan? Obviously, he put up great numbers before moving to Hudson Valley. Yeah, you know, I think what impressed us the most, uh, not only myself but the coaching staff, is you know he came in here as a, I believe, a 25th round draft pick, and and sometimes those expectations are are not really great out of kids like that but he came in here and handled it very very well he played good defense hit the ball very very well got off to a slow start in uh, hudson valley but uh, that won't last long but uh, he's a mature kid completely different than wander wander's 17 and uh, you know jordan's 22 and and uh, they're they're just in completely different places but both are pretty good players 
And you've got, again, a, a pretty neat mix on your roster. Um, you had a really good catcher last year, Roberto Hernandez, who is leading the Midwest League in homers. How about the kid this year, uh, Roberto Alvarez? You know, hitting over 300 right now and, and impacts the game behind the plate very well. He doesn't have, he doesn't have uh, uh, Hernandez's arm. He doesn't have his strength, uh, but he is 18 years old, and he's got room to grow. And he, uh, he impacts the game behind the plate so much you don't even know he's back there. You know, he doesn't miss many balls. He doesn't doesn't fail blocks and, and calls a pretty good ball game and has good instincts. And, and so he's he's several years away, but he is a prospect. You know, there there are so many different kinds of guys who end up in an organization. Connor Hollis is a kid who was not drafted, right? And he's made a really good impression with the way he's played in Princeton. Yeah, he's grinded out a lot of at-bats. You know, and the, the, the draft is really sometimes a crapshoot. You know, some guys get drafted and, and, and never really pan out, even though they come in high rounds. Some guys show up late and are just baseball players. And, uh, you know, we had Peter Maris here a few years ago as a non-drafted free agent out of uh, UC Santa Barbara. Due to an injury, he got a chance to play shortstop for me here. And, and uh, you know, he's, he'll find his way to the big leagues at some point. Um, don't know if it'll be with us or somebody else, but he's a ball player just like Hollis. And, and so these guys you need to kind of gather around the prospects of, you know, Wander and Roberto to uh, – kind of solidify them another prospect um that the race acquired via trade i wanted to touch on osmi gregorio uh who they got mm -hmm. from seattle very young kid how's he shown uh impressive right now and, and and beyond expectations but you know right now he's hurt and he's got a quad issue and and uh it's, it's going to sideline him for a few weeks i believe but up until then uh when the when the bell rang at the beginning of the season he wasn't the same player we saw in in port charlotte uh, he's got uh, a lot of tools. Really, really going to be an exciting player down the road. What makes him talented? What do you like about him? Well, he runs very well. He can play shortstop. Uh, he can play second and third. I think his primary position is shortstop, but that's a little crowded here at this mm -hmm. point with Wander. So he's uh, he's moved over to third base. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark uh, the other way, which is impressive. He's a right-handed hitter. Uh, he plays with a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and he's a good teammate. He's He's a good guy to push Wander. And from the pitching staff, you know, sometimes a lot is made of a, a kid repeating at this level. But uh, Matt Moore was a guy who repeated. And I know that at one point Blake Snell had to repeat a level. And those guys figured it out. You've got a couple of left-handers, uh, Christopher Sanchez, Luis Moncada, who I know have uh, done fairly well for you this year. Yeah, you know, repeating a level is not real bad because you're still getting innings and you're, and you're, and you're formulating how to win and gain success. And Jake Faria was one of those guys, too. Mm -hmm. He he. he doubled down on, on Princeton and didn't seem to hurt his progress any. But Christopher uh, has uh, has been pitching for a while. I mean, he's been pitching five or six years, and he's finally started to get it. Uh, his velocity's picked up, and, and he's having a pretty decent year, you know, as far as Moncada goes. Different pitcher than Sanchez, uh, different stuff. But, uh, you know, when you're a left-hander and you throw, you know, low 90s, mid-90s, there's always room for you in this game. And both of them are throwing strikes now, which we didn't see last year. And both are, are battling and, and, and actually competing. So it's a, it's a maturity issue, and, and both are doing well. Danny, really good stuff. Wish the best for you the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll be talking about a, a championship or at least a playoff club there in Princeton. Well, we take one game at a time. We'll see what happens. And that is Princeton manager Danny Schaefer on Wander Franco and the rest of the Baby Rays. Now coming up, a 20-year Rays employee and several former standouts in the 2008 World Series team. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. 
Time now on This Week in Race Baseball for our latest feature on 20-year employees in this 20th anniversary season. Hi, this is uh, Chris Westmoreland, also known as Westy. Uh, I am the director of team travel for the Rays. I have been here, this is my 21st season. I came aboard in October of 1997. I remember there was so much excitement because we were just beginning, you know, a new organization. It was, you know, a lot of people didn't exactly know what their responsibilities were because we were all trying to just get it all together. A lot of new employees, a lot of new players, young players, and we really didn't have a major league team when I was hired. So it was, uh, we were working in the minor leagues trying to get all that developed. What's been the best part about working for the race? I just, uh, you know, I, I've been asked that before. I think the, the most fun part of all this is just seeing the change. From, you know, we've had some had some rough years in the beginning and to see that progress. And, and when uh, Stu and, and the ownership group took over and, and things just, you know, we were under construction, as we were called. But, you know, that was our motto back then. And it was just so exciting to see the change and, and the, uh, you know, all the excitement around us. Tell me what you would consider your greatest personal accomplishment in your 20-plus years with the Rays. Oh, I definitely was being called to the major leagues in 2003. Uh, I ran ran our uh, major league clubhouse for several years before I took this position that I'm in now. And and just just getting that call that I was I was promoted to the major leagues in 03 after working several years in the minor leagues was gratifying. I'm sure in 20 plus years you have some either embarrassing or funny stories that you can tell involving yourself. Is there one you'd like to share? Oh, there's there's so many, uh, most of which I wouldn't want to share. <laughs> as far as embarrassing, I think not really embarrassing, but in the beginning, you know, I just come out of college and, and there's not a lot that I, I, I didn't know a lot. You know, I worked for the Montreal Expos for two seasons, came over with the Rays, you know, and, you know, typically the people that were hired had a lot of experience because they wanted those to be the pillars of the organization. I didn't have that much experience. So it wasn't really embarrassment, but it was uncertainty going into a, a new organization. What's your best memory on the field and where were you when it happened? Oh, there's no question. Our our first postseason berth was amazing, and right under that was was the win to go to the World Series. I mean, you know, I, I'd love to say I was right there on the field when it happened, but I was preparing celebrations in the clubhouse at that time, uh, which was a lot of work for both myself and, and our clubhouse staff. But it's so gratifying, and uh, just to go through all that, all that was great. And is there anything unique about you or your story that fans would find interesting? I was fortunate to be on somewhat of a short road to get into baseball. I come out of college, and uh, I I was hired by Montreal with really no experience, got a little experience with Montreal, and came over here and kind of progressed from a clubhouse staff member, and now I'm our director of team travel and logistics. So it's uh, I I would say the short road to to where I'm at now is is, – is, is the big thing for me. Congrats to Chris Westmoreland on 20-plus years with the Rays and many more to come. As I told you last week, we had a lot of terrific interviews from the 08 reunion that we're going to use throughout this month. Among them, B.J. Upton. B.J., of course, set a Rays record and was one short of the Major League mark with seven homers in that postseason. You know, we talk about it all the time, man. I talk about it with my friends. And uh, I tell them, like, dude, y'all don't even realize that that was 10 years ago. That's a decade ago. So uh, it's weird, man. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but reality is that's been 10 years. Your little man is now, what, eight? Yeah, he's eight years old. Um, getting tall like his, like his daddy. He looks better than his daddy, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's getting big, man. 
Has he ever asked about any of your moments? Does he know you played in a World Series? And when, if not, when he does, what are you going to tell him? You know, it's funny. Um, one of my friends sent me, like, a, a page of, of my highlights for some reason yesterday. And uh, I clicked on it, and he happened to be sitting next to me. He grabbed it, and he was like, who's that? Who made that play? And I'm like, dude, that's me. And he snatched my phone from me and didn't give it back. So I think he's starting to figure it out. He's uh, actually finally got into baseball this year. He's, he's wanting to play. So um, maybe there will be another, another Upton running, running around on the baseball field uh, in a couple of years. Certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. What do you, when he asks about that World Series, what would you tell him? Or just getting to the World Series, what that meant to you? Um, I don't know. Um, that I don't really remember much of it. It was uh, was a fun run. I had a lot of fun with with a lot of guys, man, and um, memories that I'll never forget. I was kind of curious what flows back because you had the most incredible postseason. Was that the best you ever swung the bat for any short stretch of time at the major league level? Um, I think home run wise, yeah. Um, I think I'd had some pretty good runs, like on base and some hit streaks. But uh, as far as hitting the ball out of the ballpark, um, definitely um, other than the, the, the 2012 season, I think I hit 10 in a month. But other than that, that's probably, uh, yeah, that's probably the, um, the, best I've, the best run I've ever had. Fans have no idea what that feels like. So what did it feel like as you're playing in the postseason, coming to the park? Obviously, you're probably feeling pretty good. Honestly, man, like it was, it was like it was the regular season for us walking into the clubhouse. And um, like I said, I, I I don't know. You hear guys say a blackout moment. Well, that that whole whole postseason is a blackout for me. So, um, like I said, I was seeing the ball and and swinging at it. Who are you still close to? Uh, me and Cass still talk a lot. Um, I go out to uh, San Diego and actually spend some time with Shields and, and his family in the off season. Well, now off season for them, not off season for me. Um, I'm trying to think, who else was on? There? I still talk to uh, to Navi every once in a while. Um, text with Garza. Talk to Edwin Jackson almost every day. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else is on that team. I talk to Cliff rather much. Um, Spoke with Hensky a lot. I was out in L.A. with my brother for two months, so saw Eric Hensky a lot uh, the last last couple months. You told me you played golf. I saw him this week. Yeah, he beat me up pretty good, man. But I hadn't played in two weeks when I played him, so if he wants to roll with that win, I'll let him. But next time I see him, I'll be ready. He didn't He didn't talk about the win. He just said you played. <laughs> he was nice. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's what he says, huh? Yeah, he didn't mention the victory, so he he was he was he was kind about that. Now, what did Cliff mean to you that year? Because everyone talked about what a great mentor he was to so many guys in the clubhouse, and you were obviously very young at the time. I mean, um, and, and I'm be honest, uh, being African American and and having uh, a veteran like him that had been around, been on winning teams, um, knew how to be a big leaguer on and off the field. A lot of us in that clubhouse needed it. Um, I know I definitely needed needed it um and I'm sure Edwin and Carl will tell you the same thing I mean he meant everything to me that year there was there was some times where me and Joe didn't see eye to eye and Cliff was the first guy there to talk to me and talk me through it and I mean I went to Joe's office a couple times that year um whether I wanted to go in or or Joe wanted me in there and whatever came out of it um 
It was always settled. Me and Joe always saw eye to eye, and, and, and his big thing was, if you have a problem, let's come talk. Let's let's talk about it as men, and uh, that was a great thing. But um, it doesn't always go that way, and I think we all know that. And Cliff, man, I can't tell you how many times that that he was there to lift me up, even when I was wrong, even when I felt like I, I wasn't wrong, and maybe wasn't wrong, and and he was there to still kind of talk me through that and, and how to handle things and. Man, I mean, I'll, I'll say just not for me, for, for a lot of that team, he was big for us. Do you miss the game now? Because obviously I can, I'm guessing you're still following it a little bit. Yeah, man, I think if you're asking me, can I still play? Absolutely. Am I going to play again? It's a coin flip. Am I happy? I mean, this is the first time in, in counting minor leagues 15 years where I've, I've been able to have a summer. I've been with my family every day. Um, getting to watch my kids grow up, interact with them more, and um, for a lot of guys, a lot of guys don't get don't get to do a lot of that. And I'm getting to do it, so I'm seeing it's fun. But at the same time, I still miss the game. Watching it's tough at times, but we'll see, man. We'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens after this season. Um, obviously, I'm always going to be in shape, but we'll just kind of see what happens. You see this young race team? Do they remind you of 08 at all? Yeah, um, and I think I said that before. They they remind they remind me uh, of us a lot. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think we were definitely better than them. I mean, nobody even talked about Rocco that year. I mean, we we sat up there and just had a whole press conference and, and forgot to even mention Rocco and, and what he meant to our team that year. So, I mean, at that point, man, we had had a we we had a team full of first and second rounders. We were figuring it out. I think that's a little bit different than this team now, but do they have the talent to do the same thing? I think so. But for me, I don't know. I think we're, we're definitely the best race team ever. Well, for now, B.J. Upton and the 08 Rays have those bragging rights, and we'll see if this court can get to the postseason and make a run over the next several years. Now, one of the special parts of the 08 reunion was Aki Iwamura's return from Japan. Through an interpreter, Aki explained why it was so important to spend a full day traveling to return. <laughs> まあ、集まりというか、やっぱり特別な雰囲気感じます。でも、すごく特別。もう言葉に表せないぐらいの特別です。え、ここに帰ってこれるのをね、こう、すごく心待ちにして、すごく興奮してます。I can't say a word. This is how excited it is. And I I was very looking forward to uh meeting them again and um a very special moment. I was very looking forward to it. Then and after we met uh, everybody then just get excited and they just have enjoying uh, their time now. Was it your favorite year in baseball? 2008年はやっぱり一番今まで思い出に残るというか一番あの気に入ってる年です。え、うん、WBCでね、日本代表でっていうのも悪けども、やっぱり2008年の経験があったからこそ2009年のWBCにも繋がった部分もあるし、2008
どん島から教えてもらった言葉でやっぱりあの俺たちは体は大きいけどもあのフィールドに出てしまえば子供と一緒で好きな野球を大きく存分に楽しみなさいと、えーまあ、プレッシャーにどうこうという時に、ね、そうなる話があったんであのですごくノンジマーの話とかは今のうちの選手にはしています。So,、uh, as long as you have that kind of feel, feeling, then you can beat the pressure. So, that's the, the, the quote, I mean,、uh, the、uh, comment from Don Zimmer.、Um, he used that quote, then using, telling the young players、uh, when they face a pressure situ- situation, hey, just enjoy the game. You know?、um, so, that's the thing that、uh, I learned from that year, or not, not that, only that year, just the、uh, uh, time with the race. You like managing? I respect Joe Madden and Don Zimmer. So,、uh, I try to like them. Yeah. Yeah, try to, yeah, he tried to like them, and then now he even more respect to them because this job is so difficult. That's what he meant. Good stuff from Aki Uemura, one of several members of the OA team to go into coaching or managing. Or managing. Now, pitcher Scott Kazmir has yet to retire. Kaz was the first race true pitching star in 08.、Uh, it was really for him, it doesn't feel like 10 years, he said at first, but on second thought, he had this thought. Well, actually, I mean, what am I, I'm lying. I'm lying. It does feel like 10 years. It feels like 20 years, considering personally what I've gone through, you know, to be able to come, go there, come back. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long journey for me, but.、Uh, I'll tell you what, that was sweet times, sweet times in、uh, 2008. Was it the favorite year you had of your big league career? I would say so. I would say so, for sure. From start to finish, definitely. You know, just, it was just a different time, you know, different time in baseball. Not to, not to mention, you know, like in my career and, and, you know, being with everyone else that was in the same stage of their career. Everyone's young, everyone was hungry. It was, it was, it was a cool, cool setup. You were the one who was probably most outspoken in the, in the preseason before the, the year started. The older, oldest one, I guess, out of the young group when I was like 22. So <laughs> it, was, it just seemed weird. It was, it was just a good dynamic. It was great chemistry. You were one of the ones to say, hey, this team is going places,、yeah. I think, before anyone else. Why did you believe that? And when did you really, during the season, say, you know what, what I said, this team really is going to back up? I believe in 2017. I think a lot of people kind of felt that in 2017. We turned seven, right? Oh, seven. Did I say 17? Yeah. 2007, see? See, it actually, actually has been a long time. Yeah, see, 2007, we, I want to say the last month, last month and a half, we were, we, were, we were playing well. You know, I don't know what our record showed, but we knew we were turning the corner in a lot of different ways in our game、uh, for the team. So, you know, 2008 rolls around, and,、uh, you know, we got Hensky, we got Cliff Lloyd, those are two guys, two. Rock solid veterans that are really just gonna, you know, I don't want to say police because that's, I wouldn't describe them that way, but they were just, they were just great guys to be around and, and really brought everyone together. And I think that's, that's what you need in a young group. And it just turned into a special season. You were the all star with that, or an all star on that team. What did that mean to you when you look back? Well, at the time, it meant a lot because it, it mattered. That all star game mattered. I remember it was, uh, uh, Was it Longoria and, uh, and uh, 
and Deonor Navarro with me, and, and, and that game mattered and ended up playing a big role in the World Series. It's almost not now I wish we might have lost that game so we didn't have to play those game game five, uh, you know, in, in that weather in Philadelphia. But, you know, at the same time, we were, you know, it, it, it felt great because we were playing for something. What were the moments individually that stick out for you from that year? Um, individually, it was, it was honestly, it was a tough year for me. I came out of spring training hurt and, uh, you know, was battling my back, battling back the entire year. Uh, so me personally, it was, it was, it, it was a grind. It was a grind. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it was, you know, so many times I'm listening to this press conference and I'm thinking about all these different moments that happened. I'm like, that was that same year. It's like you could pick out one month and have five, six things that were really, really pivotal times in that year. It's, it's, it was crazy. Who are you still tight with? Uh, BJ. I mean, I still talk to all the guys that, uh, you know, that are in the league now, uh, you know, still keeping contact with CC, not as much, but, uh, you know, um, I think this right here, bringing all these guys together, will you know, have a little reunion. I think uh, you know I see a lot of guys are uh, looking to make trips back to Tampa a little bit more. So hopefully, I see these guys a lot more. Where's home for you now? Houston and uh, Tampa. Split, split time Houston and Tampa. Do you, and you follow this club a little bit now? I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I follow baseball in general for sure. So I, I mean, I follow everyone. But uh, but yeah, I, li- I like to follow the Rays in particular. This is kind of this is where I started out from. It's feels like your roots is it more special to you because of what you went through on the other side and i mean the fact that some of you guys wore the green you were part of the losing teams to be able to flip the culture it is it is it's uh it's 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 tough to do that it really is you know because for whatever happens in the past whatever you got going on right now it's 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 tough to uh to, to have everyone buy in i guess i should say you know and that's that's what happened with us you know and it all started when we were really young all together, and we all had the same goal. And we all had that fun to do it. Everyone loved being around each other. You know, you had guys that wanted to be in the clubhouse earlier than they supposed to just because everyone wanted to hang out. You know, everyone wanted to be together. So that's that's special. That's something that's, that you don't really see too much nowadays. You know, there's, the you know, that chemistry and uh, camaraderie type thing is kind of a uh, forgotten thing in, in, in the game. It's uh, – but uh, – you know, it's something that I know I'll look back and, and really cherish that. That is lefty Scott Casimir, and special thanks to Kaz and all the guests on our show today, including Willie Adamas, Ray Shortstop, Doug Wachter of Fox Sports Sun, Danny Schaefer, manager for the Princeton Rays, Chris Westmoreland, head of Team Travel, as well as B.J. Upton and Aki Womura from that 08 reunion. Next week, hear more from some of the 08 players, plus hard-throwing righty Tyler Glass now. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. Thanks to my producer today, Steve Carney, as well as on-site engineer Chris Miller. I'm Neil Solons. The pregame show is next. It's the Rays and Jays. This is the Rays Baseball Network.